0: It comes down to this, the eighth and final ball where the number one seated, number one ranked hitter in the world, Kyle Berkshire, is going home.
1: How good is this guy?
0: Is it going to be enough? Wow. Magic eight ball.
2: There's no better test of brute force, speed, and swagger than a long drive competition. It is golf's equivalent of the World's Strongest Man Contest, a measure of raw power in which only one figure can reign supreme. In the world of long drive, that's Kyle Berkshire. With the ability to swing a golf club more than 150 miles per hour and produce ball speeds over 230, Berkshire doesn't just hit golf balls, he hurts them. He's the overwhelming favorite to win every time he tees it up, and he knows it.
0: If I'm, you know, three, four miles an hour faster than everybody else, and I'm hitting the center of the face and I'm hitting good ball flights and you know, optimizing my speed, you know, I'm if I'm moving the ball faster, I'm gonna win.
2: That was what Kyle told us before the twenty nineteen World Long Drive Championship. The following week, at age twenty-two, he backed up that bravado by claiming the title. Berkshire looked to have a long and lucrative long drive career ahead of him. He still might. But recently, Berkshire has turned his attention to a new pursuit. Berkshire wants to play golf, like real golf, not with extra-long shafts and on a grid with chalk yardage markers, but on a regular golf course with bunkers and rough and putting greens with flag sticks. It might sound like a simple transition for someone who already hits a golf ball farther than anyone on the planet, but maybe not when considering how few players have even tried to cross the divide from the top levels of long-drive competition to the PGA Tour. So what makes Kyle Berkshire think he can be different? I'm Alex Myers, and this is Local Knowledge, where we take a deep dive into some of golf's most compelling stories. On this episode, we'll examine a long-drive champion's quest to make it as a tour pro. We'll hear why Kyle Berkshire and those around him think he's ready to resume competing as a golfer, and why history suggests it's a more complicated jump than you might think but we'll also look at ways golf has changed in recent years and why this might be as good of a time as ever for a long driver to try to win real golf tournaments.
0: If my angles are really good, if I'm really able to maximize all the, you know, the the levers, it's going to generate a lot of speed. And the great thing about that is it's it's long... If
2: hearing Berkshire describing driving a golf ball in such scientific terms sounds familiar, it's probably because we're coming off a season in which a former physics major attempted his own groundbreaking experiment. Think about it. Bryson DeChambeau's breakthrough season this year came after he decided to bulk up and become more like, well, a long-drive champ. He put on 40 pounds, ratcheted up his swing speed, and became, at least statistically, the longest hitter on tour. Along the way, he won the U.S. Open in convincing fashion. In a sense, Berkshire is looking for similar results while traveling from the opposite direction. He's already plenty long, so the question is if he can sharpen the other parts of his game. So he's more than a one-dimensional threat.
0: I think at the very least, it's going to be something that people are going to really enjoy following. And, I mean, it could really turn into an unbelievable story. If, um, you know, I'm three, four years from now walking up the final fairway with a two-shot lead and the term in my pocket. You know, it could be one of the the coolest stories in, in the history of golf.
2: At 6'3", 215 pounds, and with long flowing locks that would make Samson jealous, Kyle Berkshire is an imposing figure. But it wasn't always that way. Golf Digest Top 50 instructor Bernie Najar, currently the director of instruction at Caves Valley Golf Club in Maryland, remembers beginning to work with Berkshire when he was just a scrawny
3: 12-year-old. He was a kid that came out to work on his game, and he was a special character. You know, not someone out of the gates to look at and you go, wow, this is going to be the longest hitter in the world. But certainly someone who you knew looking at the player that they had, I would say, very good hand-eye coordination. And for a smaller kid for his age, he could hit the ball pretty hard.
2: Even then, Berkshire hated being outdriven by older, bigger kids. By the time he was a senior in high school, that was no longer a problem.
4: Yeah, you can't coach speed. just like basketball. You can't coach seven foot. I mean, you can't coach somebody to swing swinging 135.
2: Right.
4: I mean, they got to have that in their genes. But, uh, That's
2: University yeah, of North Texas them. men's golf coach Brad Strachey, who recruited Berkshire to play for his team after first seeing him at a junior event. At that point, Berkshire was far from the best player in the field, but he was certainly the longest. And in college, he only got longer. Somewhere between his freshman and sophomore years, Berkshire was strong enough to break the screen on a team simulator, and was starting to pay closer attention to his swing speed numbers.
4: Yeah, I think working with the track man and seeing the numbers and, and seeing, hey, these things are jumping up pretty quickly. And I think he kind of got addicted to it, like the, the swing speed and, and seeing his, his ball come off the face like that. And I, I think that's what triggered it. I really do.
2: On the course, there was one shot from a team practice Strachey will never forget Berkshire hitting.
4: I remember at Glen Eagles, we we're on a, a hole that you have to hit an iron off the tee. It's really tight, and uh, there's some guys down there 275, and so I lasered them, and I was like, "Kyle, you can hit." And he goes, "He goes, no, I, I can't hit, coach." I said, "What are you gonna hit?" He goes, "A three iron." I go, "Well, they're 275." He goes, "No, no, no, I can't hit," and the and then they left, and he flew the ball. It would have hit their cart. <laughs> it would have hit on top of their cart. And I'm like. Holy cow! I, I knew you're long, but I had no idea you're that long. I pulled him in my office and and um, and I just basically said, you could be number one in the world in long drive. Um, are you gonna be number one in the world on the PGA Tour? Probably not. But I mean, how many guys are number one in their craft in the world? Right. And I said, you could be that guy.
2: But even Strachey was surprised by how quickly his vision came to fruition. Berkshire walked away from college golf to pursue long drive full-time in 2017. Originally, he was hoping it would help him gain confidence that could benefit his golf game. But by the time what would have been his senior season rolled around, he was already ranked number one in the sport. He punctuated that status with a win at the 2019 World Long Drive Championship, the Super Bowl of the long drive circuit. Really
0: close to the left hash mark. Will it stay in? Will this be it? Will it be enough? Yes.
2: By that point, Berkshire had stopped playing golf completely to put all his energy into training and practicing for long drive. According to his long drive coach, Bobby Peterson, it's Berkshire's work ethic that sets him apart.
1: There's a lot of guys that have the talent to do this sport. But the one thing that I would say that Kyle has beyond anybody that I've worked with in 30 years is focus.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, he when he sets his mind to a task, he'll do it.
2: Peterson owns and operates the One Stop Power Shop in Newton Grove, North Carolina, where he works with a stable of long drive competitors, not just on technique, but with their equipment and fitness. He's been officially with Berkshire since the beginning of 2019.
1: Uh, I don't know if he told you the story, but it's a little funny story. We, we, we stayed up practicing really late one night and it, it was super hot. We come over to my shop and uh, I have those little bags, you put air in them and you mm-hmm. like laying on the beach. Right. And I. I blew one up and was laying her under the shelter in the shade while he was warming up. I said, I'm going to take a little power nap while you're getting loose. <laughs> well, two hours later, he's standing over me and he goes, what did you think of that? And I went, it was good. <laughs> I, I fell asleep and he was warming up and hitting and just kept, kept hitting and kept hitting for two hours and his hands are bleeding he actually was, he, he wore a little rash on his on his arm over here where he was releasing it so hard
2: Peterson conservatively estimates that Berkshire hit 50,000 drives full out in practice last year a number bound to go down as he works on other parts of his game but so far fewer reps hasn't hurt Berkshire's long drive results what finally slowed him down was something no one saw coming If you're going to gamble on golf, you may as well do it right. And for any golf fan who's curious about betting on golf but hasn't gotten serious about it, we have the podcast for you. Be Right is Golf Digest's weekly gambling podcast featuring the latest PGA Tour intel and picks from an expert panel that is up nearly 300 units this season. That's a gambling term, by the way. With thoughts from some of fantasy sports' brightest minds and even an anonymous tour caddy on our side, we've done our best to turn betting on golf into a science to help you make money off golf. While we can't promise that you'll come out ahead every week, we can guarantee you'll be well-informed and entertained along the way. So stop doing golf wagers wrong and join us on Be Right.
0: If I fail at it and I end up just being a long drive guy who's a pretty good golfer, well, you know what? I succeeded in long drive. I made my living in golf. And I don't have to ever worry about was I good enough. You know, know, I know a lot of people have to live with that every day working like a a nine to five. So, I mean, regardless, it's gonna be a positive thing.
2: As with virtually all other professional sports, the World Long Drive Association has struggled through the COVID-19 pandemic, to the extent that its owner, Golf Channel, wound up canceling the 2020 season. And with no plans to resume in 2021, long drivers came together to host a series of their own events, highlighted by a national championship in Memphis in November. I'm sure you can guess who won that. To fill the void left by the World Long Drive Association being put up for sale, the Professional Long Drive Association has been formed, and a series of eight events has been scheduled for 2021, including a world championship in September. But the sport is still not on the same footing as it was, which is part of why Berkshire acknowledges the time is right to try out pro golf. And since he's still making good money from competition, sponsors, and a YouTube channel, he says he can afford to chase a dream that never went away.
0: It's great to be a long drive champion, and I, that's a huge deal to me. But I don't want to be that guy that avoids potential failure. I'm not a, I'm not going to try to be, be, be this untouchable guy who's unbelievable what he does. I want to push myself, and I have an opportunity to, to do something great. Right. And I'm in a position in my life to really pursue it. And I'm kind of putting it on the line here.
2: In its early years, the World Long Drive Championship was held in conjunction with the PGA Championship. And several PGA Tour pros won the event, from John McComish to Lon Hinkle to Dennis Paulson. In the late 1980s, an era that featured far smaller purses than today, long drive competitions held at many PGA Tour stops were a decent way for golfers to supplement their incomes. But money wasn't the only difference between then and now. Another was how back then Extreme Power on Tour was almost discouraged. The PGA Tour only started keeping driving distance as an official stat in 1980. And for a long time after that, the widely held belief was that accuracy was much more closely correlated to tournament success. In a 1989 Daily Press story titled A Long Drive to Nowhere, McComish claimed, Leading in driving distance is the kiss of death. And two-time reigning U.S. Open champ Curtis Strange said of Big John and the day's longest players, they're hitting 9-iron out of the rough, I'm hitting 6-iron out of the fairway. I'd rather hit 6-iron out of the fairway. Three decades later, thanks to golf statisticians from Mark Brody to Scott Fawcett to Lou Stagner, that thinking has been turned on its head. And younger players from Bryson to Berkshire are believers in newer numbers, most notably Brody's Strokes gained metric which better quantifies how much each shot is worth during a tournament. Brody has mathematically proven how valuable long tee shots are, even if they don't find the fairway. The list of major champs over the last three decades makes an equally compelling case. Beginning with John Daly in 1991, a grip it and rip it era was ushered in. Since then, Daly, Davis Love III, Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and Bryson DeChambeau have all captured at least one major while leaving the tour in driving distance at least once. Tiger Woods could have easily been another, but even though he had the length, Woods often purposely laid back off the tee more than his peers. So, yeah, not exactly the kiss of death.
4: Hey, give me the lumbar. Hey, I think you want to hit the 2 iron, bus. You said I want the big dog. You got a tight par five here, man, with out of bounds on the left. Uh, I don't think you want to hit the driver, the two iron seems like the deal. Well, I'm not going left of those trees or right of those trees, okay? I'm going over those trees with a little draw. Yeah.
2: Being conservative is not an option in long drive. Hitters get six to eight attempts to crank a golf ball as far as possible. But while traditionally viewed as novelty performers, the reality is that most are actually very good golfers and the line between a hitter and a tour pro has narrowed in recent years, especially with long-drive equipment now having to conform to USGA standards. With more televised competitions, the sport had become more mainstream, perhaps even influencing the PGA Championship to bring back its own long-drive competition in 2014, after a 30-year hiatus. In 2018, that contest was won by DeChambeau, who later went on to claim the biggest victory of his career by bombing his way around Wingfoot at the
5: 2020 US Open. He plays the way he plays. He likes it. Look at that. Pick the tee out, I'll just give but watch where it lands. Boing, well perfect. if you can do that. If you can do that.
2: Although plenty of other players had pushed the game in that direction, it's DeChambeau who has underscored the direct correlation between driving distance and tournament success. In gaining 20 yards to increase his average to 322 yards off the tee, he also became the PGA TOUR's leader in strokes game driving. One person paying attention was Kyle Berkshire.
0: Watching Bryson win the US Open at Wingfoot was the moment, I think. If I ever make it on tour, that's the moment I'm always going to go back to hmm. that started everything for me in terms of this drive. He made every single pundit and critic look like a complete jackass and that appeals to me that appeals to me very greatly and you know that's something that I really want to do is yep. prove everyone wrong and prove everyone that believes in me right.
2: One pundit who hasn't been surprised by DeChambeau's distance experiment succeeding is Brandel Chambly. and the Golf Channel analyst uses a baseball analogy to explain why he won't be shocked if Berkshire or another long driver finds his way to the PGA Tour.
5: You know imagine there were 40 guys who got together for kicks, and they all threw it at about 120, 118 miles an hour. Faster than the fastest in professional baseball. Well, that's what's been going on in the world of professional golf As we look at the longest drivers in professional golf. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there's 50 or 100 or 200 guys over here that drive it miles longer. I mean, miles fast. I mean, they're swinging 150 miles an hour. The best on the PGA Tour is 125 miles an hour. It would have been ludicrous to think that those pitchers wouldn't have made their way into Major League Baseball, or the moves that they had wouldn't have made their way. The fastest pitchers were in the majors. Mm-hmm. They were in the bigs. The fastest swingers are not playing at the highest level in golf. It's crazy to think that those moves are not going to make their way into professional golf.
2: Which is not to say Chamblee thinks Berkshire will have it easy. If anything, he can point to his own competitive career as an example of just how hard it is to make it on tour. While Berkshire never even cracked the starting lineup in college, Chambly was an All-American at the University of Texas. Yet it still took him years to succeed at the highest level before ending his playing career with one PGA Tour win.
5: I mean, this is not just about who can lift the most weight in the gym. Right. You know, this is who can lift the most weight in the gym and who can play the best chess. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like... yeah. You know, those are two different animals, but that's what golf is.
2: Right.
5: You know, it, it's not just power, it's nuance right. and strategy and patience.
2: Patience is one thing Berkshire seems to have. He says he's ahead of schedule and has received encouragement to start playing from many, including a newfound friend in Deschambo. The pair's mutual admiration was evident during a recent get together in which Berkshire was impressed by Deschambo's workout routine and Bryson was blown away by Kyle's distance most notably a 302-yard 8-iron that went viral. Although Berkshire doesn't have a specific timetable on when he'll start entering tournaments, he plans to start small with Florida Mini Tour events, even though he could likely use his long-drive stardom to get a few starts on the PGA Tour. Again, the goal isn't just to play against the best, but to eventually be one of the best.
0: If I emailed every event I could and asked you for an exemption, it's very probable that I wouldn't have to write too many before I would get one. Right. But, you know, again, I want to make sure that I make this entrance the right way. I don't want to go out and shoot 80-80 and get right. blown away. I want to go out and I want to make a statement. I'll know when I'm ready.
2: With what he calls a potential miraculous path through familiar qualifying sites, Berkshire has made earning a spot in the 2021 U.S. Open at his favorite course a first and lofty goal.
0: I can tell you right now, the first hole at Torrey Pines is a driver hole. Yeah. There's nothing more I'd love to do than hit a 360-yard opening salvo that carries that bunker and leaves me 80 yards left. You know, that's what I would love to do. That's, that's, my, that's what I would love to do, and, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to make happen.
2: Jamie Sedlowski thought he was ready when he decided to pursue his own Tour Pro dreams in 2016. The Canadian nicknamed Super Freak had won a 2016 U.S. Open local qualifier and even made some cuts on the Corn Ferry Tour. In many ways, he's the closest comparison to what Berkshire is attempting. But there are also several important differences.
6: 177 is the official, alright? So if we need to hit it further, what do we do? Swing, hard. Swing a little harder, it's not rocket science.
2: <laughs> Although both won World Long Drive titles at young ages, Sedlowski eventually put in more than a decade competing and doing as many as 80 corporate events a year. Unlike Berkshire, who has only been doing the long drive for three full years, he was burned out and decided to completely walk away from the sport. Also unlike Berkshire, the 2008 and 2009 world long drive champ thought shifting to tournament play required him to retool his golf swing.
6: Bryson has changed so much now, you know, just in the last year. that. We were always about the opinion that, well, you can't do both. It's, right. it's impossible. But now, the more you read and you see how, what these guys are doing, you see Tony, you see Bryson, you see Rory, DJ, all these guys, what they're doing, I had that. I own that. Right. And I changed it.
2: In hindsight, Sadlowski says his struggle to make it on tour can be traced to him going from being a doer to a thinker but it's also a reflection of the difference in pacing between a long-drive competition and a golf tournament. One requires you to peak for three minutes at a time. The other stresses focus over four long rounds.
6: It's a different transition when you're programmed to do something. There's no question. You know, It's like teaching a sprinter to be a, a long-range runner. You know, they're, they're the same, but they're different. You have a different mentality about them.
2: A final key difference between Sedlowski and Berkshire is that Sedlowski never had much of a foundation as a tournament golfer. Like the movie character Happy Gilmore, Sedlowski was always focused on his first love, hockey. That's where Berkshire may have an edge, even if all his tournament experience came on the junior level. Kyle and Jamie just missed overlapping on the long drive circuit, so they don't know each other, but both are very familiar with each other's careers. And in seeing some of the playing videos Berkshire posts to social media, the 32-year-old Sedlowski is particularly impressed and also perhaps a bit envious that Berkshire brings the same swing that made him a long-drive champ to the golf course.
6: I would tell him, don't change anything, you know, putt, chip your butt off and learn how to flight some wedges, flatten shots out and why not? I sit here in Canada, I'm like shaking my head. I'm like, what what has happened? You know, before it was like, well, we're going to shorten the backswing up and we're going to get it and play a little more. Yeah, that's important stuff, but, you know, it's also important to hit it 400 yards.
2: That last point seems so obvious, but again, prioritizing distance over accuracy goes against long-held conventional wisdom. As someone well-versed in the game's modern metrics, though, Berkshire knows the importance of distance as well as anyone.
0: I don't have to have everything firing in all cylinders. I don't have to be making 20-footers more than everyone else. I don't have to be avoiding trouble off the tee every time to stay with people. I can hit a loose shot off the tee here and there. I can three-putt maybe once or twice more than most guys could. I could miss a shot, miss a green with a wedge in my hand once here and there and still be okay because, again, the statistical advantage of me being 50 yards ahead of someone in every hole or even the statistical advantage of me being able to hit an iron off the tee while they're hitting driver in the same distance, that accuracy advantage an iron has over a driver, those are very significant, and so I have a wider path the walk.
2: So how good of an actual golfer is Berkshire? He says he's back to his peak form of being a plus four handicap, but the goal is to get to at least a plus six before truly testing his game in a pro event. Obviously a lot of that improvement will have to come in the short game, which is why Kyle has spent approximately 80 percent of his practice time within 150 yards in recent months. Even the worst chippers and putters on the PGA Tour have elite touch. His swing coach, Bernie Najjar, estimates Berkshire is a plus two handicap as a putter on a good day. And that's not good enough. Yet. As for his full swing, Berkshire doesn't need an overhaul. But in an effort to tighten his dispersion, he has been working with Najjar on honing what he calls a pull-cut. The shot will make him shorter, but it's a move that would help eliminate a two-way miss. That's also why he'll probably use a 45-inch driver, instead of the 48-inch one typically used in long-drive competitions.
3: I think his biggest challenge is controlling his club speed. Let's just say he's swinging at 140. To take a swing at 60 miles an hour is pretty extreme as far as going the other way. Mm -hmm. Being able to be soft with your grip, being able to just lightly clip the ball off the ground when you have adrenaline. So I think controlling his adrenaline, I think learning to vary his speeds. Those are the big challenges.
2: Berkshire says he's working on putting more backspin on the ball to make it go straighter. He's also been collaborating with Callaway on a two iron that he can hit farther than most PGA tour pros hit their drivers. Even taking something off his fastball Berkshire has been comfortably swinging at about 140 miles per hour in practice rounds. By comparison, DeChambeau leads the PGA Tour at 133 miles per hour, 20 miles faster than the tour average. And while Berkshire knows distance will be his biggest physical advantage, he's also hoping it will give him a mental edge.
0: I know PGA Tour players are some of the mentally strongest players in the world. That's why they get there. But I can't help but think that it's got to be something that's got to affect at least some of them if I'm 60, 70 yards past them.
2: Najjar says Berkshire's speed could cause some huge misses especially if there's a sudden shift in wind. But when it comes to talent and potential, well...
3: There are times where I'm telling you, this guy, he has shots. I've never seen anybody else hit. Hi, everyone. I'm Sam Weinman, the Digital Editorial Director for Golf Digest. In July, we launched Local Knowledge with the purpose of trying to tell the most compelling golf stories in audio form and the response has been fantastic. We've had episodes on important but overlooked points in golf history, about some of the game's most colorful characters, and about all kinds of stuff that you can't condense into a 30-second soundbite. This will be our last episode of 2020, but we're already looking forward to what we have planned when we come back in January. Until then, we want to say happy holidays and thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And of course, if you have friends who love golf, be sure to tell them about local knowledge. We're pretty sure they'll enjoy it
2: the old axiom you drive for show you putt for dough has long been disproven just look at this past year's pga tour money list which is filled with big hitters from bryson to dj to rory by contrast only one of the tour's top 10 putters according to stroke's game finished in the top 22 in the money that player bryson dechambeau
5: i'd say the world of golf has been working on their doctorate you know, it started with Tiger, then came the money, then came the interest, then came the athletes, and now has come the knowledge. And, you know, their dissertation is Bryson DeChambeau, right. because he's put together added length with an understanding of how to use the length on a golf course and plot his way around, but then the caveat that Brody has always offered, all things being equal. Right. Well, things aren't equal with Bryson because he became a much improved putter.
2: Right.
5: And it's, you know, that's the name of the game. So he's, he's done it. It's been this, it's been this 23, three four year, 25 year education in the world of golf. And it's not done at all.
2: Perhaps it's Berkshire who will author the next defining chapter in the game. But despite his seemingly superhuman length, he's got a long way to go especially after taking such an extended break while contemporaries like Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, and even Deshambo have become established PGA Tour stars.
3: Everybody out there is working hard, but I would say he obsesses over golf 24-7. Mm. You know, with anything and everything he can do, whether it's what he can do in the gym, what he's eating, how to visualize equipment, optimization. So he's really committed and he's got a genius mind for thinking of combinations.
2: Speaking of that mind, Berkshire is also reuniting with famed sports psychologist Dr. Bob Rotella, whom he worked with during his junior golf days. It's all part of helping Kyle adjust from one type of competition to another. It's not that Berkshire hasn't faced pressure in long drive. On his way to winning the 2019 World Long Drive Championship, Kyle was down to his final ball in the round of 16 after missing the grid with his first seven attempts. He responded by pumping a draw 426 yards, 420 of that in the air, to advance. But as his long drive coach Bobby Peterson says, tour golf brings with it a different dynamic. Remember, even world number one Dustin Johnson shot a pair of 80s at the Memorial just a few months before winning the Masters.
1: And I think that's another learning lesson that's waiting for Kyle is the ups and downs of, of that, you know, because right now he is one of the top or the top guy in long drive. Right. And where's he going to be at in golf? Right. Right. So how he handles that as a person, hopefully will help him grow just in general as a person, I think, because adversity seems to either lead us or destroy us. And I think it'll lead him because he's that motivated to get better at things.
2: And while he's got the time and money to pursue a second career right now, being a tour pro is expensive. As Chambly says, you only have so much time until the wolf is at the door. But Kyle claims the experience is going to be worth it, no matter the results.
0: My hope is that it gets big enough and positively impacts a lot of people, um, one way or the other. If people like laughing at me for shooting an 80, then, I mean, that's good. If people love watching me because I shot a 67 and lit the course on fire, then that's good. You know, I think a lot of positives will come from it regardless So, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely the best part about it is it's kind of a win-win for everyone. Quite frankly,
2: if you've watched any of Berkshire's videos, you'd probably agree. Kyle's patented pre-shot rocking motion disappears when he's hitting shots on the course versus the grid, but the jaw dropping power is still there. The guy can hit a putter over 300 yards, hit stingers that would make Tiger Woods drool. And he routinely takes apart long holes with ease. In one video, Berkshire comfortably reaches Firestone Country Club's famed 667-yard par-5 16th hole, known as the Monster, with a driver and a three-iron to set up an easy two-putt birdie.
0: And sound up for this mammoth shot. And I'm sure this was the hole you guys were all wanting to see. I absolutely melted this one.
2: As entertaining as those videos are, though, Berkshire wants to be much more than a sideshow in professional golf. And in hearing him discuss his goals of making it on tour, it's clear the risk of not going for it is greater than trying and coming up short.
0: I mean business. You know, I'm I'm not doing this to to um, have fun. I'm not doing this to just goof around. I I mean every bit of this. If I if I'm pursuing this, I'm I'm doing it because I want to be in the final group on Sunday. I think it could lead to some pretty crazy stuff. And you know, the only way we can know is if I if I try.
2: Local Knowledge is produced by Gregory Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Wyman. Our music for today's episode is called Country Boy, and it's by Lobo Loco. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Local Knowledge wherever you get your podcasts and check out Golf Digest's weekly gambling podcast, Be Right. Thank you.